I want to talk to you about a topic that should be near and dear to everybody's heart, and that's the word freedom. I consider freedom that we have in this country a gift from God. I, I consider the basic heartthrob of most people's desire for freedom comes because God implanted that. Didn't intend us to be, to be slaves. He intended us to be free. If we were going to be slave to anything, we'd be slave to Christ in that we would follow him and worship him and love him and, and rev revere him. If you haven't noticed, there is a war on American history going on, on and before our very eyes. In the summer of 2020, TV news was plastered with scenes of angry and violent mobs. And what were they doing? Those mobs were defacing monuments of our forefathers. They were pulling them down. They were tearing away at these things that we hold dear. I don't even know they know the reason why. They were, they were tearing people down, monuments tearing people down who were slaveholders. And then they were not tearing down people who were slaveholders. I don't think they actually knew what they were doing. But what they were doing, whether they intended to or not, tearing away at the basic freedoms and the things that we have and hold dear here in this country that have made us who we are all these years. And the war on American history is even more passionate in our classrooms. The, the New York Times has joined the fray by publishing its radical 1619 project, which is at war with American history on many levels. The seeds for the current modern war on history were planted more than a century ago by a number of misguided secular thinkers. You can probably name a whole bunch of them, but perhaps the most influential of that all was the German philosopher and atheist Karl Marx, who described all of history as society of, and society as a, as, a, as a class struggle between the oppressors and the oppressed. He expected a future in which the victims would unite and forcibly seize power and control away from the oppressors. That's some of what we've been seeing happening in the streets of America. But there were and there are obstacles to this radical revolutionary ideas. And as for Marxism to win, there are obstacles that need to be removed. There are things going on in our country right now. There are things that are foundational to us. And in order for that kind of, of communism to reign, one would have to remove a number of things, like religion like all biblical ideas of morality and family, along with any sense of the individual, private property ownership, free association, free speech, and so much more, our founding father documents define as our freedoms. In many places where the freedoms that we hold dear were once given to certain people, and now they're no longer given, they're taken away. As God told in unrepentant Israel in Hosea 13 and 19, O Israel, Thou hast destroyed thyself. There is an enemy within our country today tearing away at our freedoms. You see, God's gift to America is freedom. I thank God for the freedoms we have in America, but I also thank God even more for the freedoms that we have in Christ Jesus that cannot be taken away. No matter who's running the show here in, the, in this country or any other country, it cannot steal from the believer the things that God has granted to them and us. Freedom is defined as the absence of necessity, coercion, or constraint in choice or action. 
You're basically free to do what you want. Certain constraints are, are there, of course. Synonyms, words that mean the same for, as freedom, liberty, independence. Anat antonyms, those are the words that are in disagreement with the, with the word you're talking about. Slavery, bondage. Freedom is not license. License is defined as a freedom that violates usual rules, laws, and practices on abuse and abuse of liberty. We have a lot of that going on today. People are abusing the freedoms we have. 1 Peter 2.16, as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, evil intentions, but as the servants of God. God has made us free, but you, know, you really want to think about what that freedom means. You don't have the freedom to go out and hurt people. You know, someone defined freedom this way. What is freedom? Properly understood, a universal right to do good, to do the things that are right. And it's never, you can never do that without escaping some consequences. Trying to do the right thing can be misinterpreted. Trying to do the right thing can make you seem like you know it all. You know, people say, yeah, what's, what's right for you is not necessarily right for me. What's true for you is not necessarily true for me. I have my truth, you have your truth, and that's it. Some people's, as, as a, a famous a Christian uh, uh, philosopher once said, in some countries, they love their neighbors. In other countries, they eat their neighbors. America was founded on the God-given principle of freedom. Freedom of religion, political freedom, freedom of speech, freedom of the press, freedom of association. The second paragraph of the Declaration of Independence reads, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. They are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Not a guarantee of happiness, a guarantee that you could pursue what would make you happy. As fine and noble a document, in 1776, the Declaration did not grant freedom to all. After all, the slaves were not free. And John F. Kennedy said, freedom is indivisible. When one man is enslaved, all are not free. History tells the principles of freedom were born in the bosom of Scripture. How did they come up with even this idea of freedom? Some people they got them, think they got them from the Greeks. Well, there was an older sense of freedom long before the Greeks and the philosophers. And that's ensconced in the Bible. Here in the Old Testament, you find George Washington's favorite verse, Micah chapter 4, verse 4. But they shall sit every man under his vine, under his fig tree, and none shall make them afraid, for the mouth of the Lord of hosts hath spoken it. Freedom, that a person can sit under the, their own cherry tree or apple tree or maple tree on their own spot of land because that's the sense of freedom. That's something that shouldn't be able to be taken away by the government. And that's why George Washington loved it because he held that as the simplest definition of what it meant to be free and what people had fought for. So let's go to our text for the morning. John, that was just the introduction. John chapter 8, verses uh, 31 to 36. Let's stand together for the reading of the scripture. And we'll break the verses down. 
John chapter 8, verse, beginning of verse 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews who believed on him, If you continue in my work, then you are my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And they answered him, We be Abraham's seed, we never in bondage to any man. How sayest ye that ye shall be made free? And Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whoever submitted, committed sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abided not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. And in the, if the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. You may be seated. You're free to do that. <laughs> verse 38, I mean, sorry, verse 32, it says, The truth shall make you free. As Jesus, Jesus stood before Pilate in judgment, Pilate asked this universal question. He said, what is truth? We're still asking that question today. We still wonder where we can find truth. We hear so many conflicting ideas, so many conflicting thoughts, so many conf conflicting positions and stands. And you, you read a piece of paper and you think it says that, and you get some talking head on the television, and it, they have a completely different version of what that says. We see that almost every time we turn the news on. Well, he shouldn't have asked Jesus, what is truth? He should have asked Jesus, who is truth? Because this is what Jesus proclaimed. In John 14, 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The way to God. The truth about God's provision for salvation. The life, a life with purpose, meaning here on earth and life eternal in heaven. So Jesus is the truth. So people say, well, what's the truth? Well, it all begins with Christ. If we can share with Jesus, share Jesus' truth with those around us, we've shared the most important and most precious truth that there is. For people to know that they are free in Christ, that they're no longer under bondage to sin, they don't carry original sin, they don't have to sin. When they do, there's a remedy for sin. When we fall flat on our face and we don't know what to do next, there is hope in Christ. He gives us a path to go on that we don't have to feel like we're all alone. So many people feel today that they are alone. And when you are feeling as a Christian that you're alone, call out to Jesus. Open up your Bible. Say, Lord, make yourself known to me. Help me to have that sense within myself that you're with me. And you can know that Jesus is with you in a very simple way. Ask yourself, did Jesus lie? Or did he tell me the truth when he said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I am with you always. That's a promise. And your responsibility when you're feeling alone, claim that promise. Make that promise yours. Pray that promise back to the Lord. You promised me that you would never leave me, you'd never forsake me, that you'd always go with me. Claim that promise. Freedom and liberty such as human institutions and man's best intentions could never realize what's realized in Jesus. The truth is, Jesus shall make you free. Verse 34 says, Without Christ we are slaves to sin. The deadliest sin, the deadliest sin is to be convinced there is no sin. Think about that. 
to believe that there is no sin is the greatest sin. And you would think that there is no sin if you listen to the current crop of, of, uh, of people who are in positions of, of, uh, of influence because they've taken the word sin even out of some new dictionaries because they've taken away the sin, they've taken away the word sin for, for, uh, for psychiatrists and psychologists to use. It's too, it's too much of a pejorative, too negative. Sin is not something you'd want to talk about at school because they think you were silly. For all intents and purposes, sin has become a three-letter word that should never be repeated. Is it really hard to see the ugly consequences of sin since we have uh, visited upon ourselves with millions of babies killed in the womb, the definition of marriage as a lifelong loving relationship between a man and a woman being redefined, smut passing for entertainment, children being robbed of their innocence. Sin doesn't exist. Look around. Open your eyes. Sin wouldn't be so attractive if we had to pay for its consequences up front. In other words, maybe people wouldn't have lit up a, 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 a pack of cigarettes if they were told in advance that this will guarantee you to get lung cancer. This will have a lot of effects. Maybe people wouldn't turn to the bottle if they knew that their body is being affected by a chemical. Maybe people wouldn't turn to drugs if they knew the desperate position it puts people in. And if we saw pictures of people lying in the street subject to all of the abuses that are on the street as a homeless person, as an addicted person. The only way out of bondage of sin and the only path to true freedom is to put one's faith and trust in the greatest freedom fighter who ever lived, Jesus Christ. He wants to give you a sense of being free within. He wants you to have an outlook on life that's not gloomy, that's not cast over, that's not overcast. He doesn't want you to feel like you're always under it. But there's an opportunity for you to be over Verse 36, in Christ ye shall be free indeed. It's not a flash in the pan kind of freedom. It's not the blowing in the wind freedom. It's not, it's not a political freedom, religious freedom. It's not like freedom of speech or the press. They're all wonderful human rights, but they can be taken away. Are we, are we aware that our freedom of speech is being eroded? Can we see that? There are things, try to talk about Jesus in some schools. Try to have the Ten Commandments put up on the wall of a school. See how much trouble you get. Try to use Jesus' name when you end in a prayer in a public place. I was asked to, to pray uh, at a public event many years ago right here in Delaware Township. And I was told, you can't pray in Jesus' name. So when it came for the time of the prayer come to an end, I said, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Nobody ever bothered me for that. Hey, I'm still here. I wasn't locked up. I wasn't uh, in trouble. Just got to step forward. Before war broke out in Europe in 1939, the Nazis rolled their tanks into Poland. The world stood by and did nothing while the Poles went from freedom to bondage overnight. Some freedom stealers don't do their theft of freedom overnight. They do it right in front of your face. The Bible reports that there are none so blind as those 
who will not see. And may I submit that there are none more hopelessly enslaved than those who falsely believe they are free. French philosopher, historian Alexis de Tocqueville toured America beginning in 1831, wrote, quote, liberty cannot be established without morality, nor morality without faith. We're finding that freedom without Christ and his word as its foundation is no blessing at all. America is slowly tearing away at the biblical government-centered principles that help make it and keep it free. So many are blind to its deterioration because it takes place one lawsuit, one act of legislation, and one tiny step at a time. Freedom of speech is becoming increasingly a freedom that doesn't extend to everyone anymore. Try talking about the school, and I mentioned that before. People don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear about Jesus. They want to close their ears. And because they've been convinced that it's politically incorrect and you can't do it. There are kids who are afraid to, to take a Bible to school because they were told you can't bring it. That's not true. But we've been so brainwashed into thinking these things that we just accept it. I thought this was a very interesting quote from George Orwell, the author of 1984. If liberty means anything at all, it means the right to tell people what they do not want to hear. Well, we've got some things here that you may not want to hear listening to us, but we will tell it. In the absence of God's authority in a nation, a vacuum is created. Nature doesn't like vacuums and fills them with something. If God has taken off the center stage of the great American drama, something or someone else will step into its place. And religious freedom will become victim. If Christians are not free in America, no one is free in America. Verse 35, And the servant abideth, not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. The liberty we have in Christ and the blessings associated with those liberties being his children, are in sharp contrast to the freedoms we have as citizens of the greatest country history has ever seen. What we have in Christ can never be taken away. His contract with us is a, for a citizenship in heaven was signed with something indelible, his blood. If there was ever a time when America needed to turn back to God in the Bible, I would submit this is the time. It's time to recognize the blessings of freedom that God has given us. As Christians, we have a holy obligation to share the truth of the gospel of salvation found in Jesus. This is God's plan for you, and this is God's plan for me. We, you, I, can no longer be silent. We cannot be hidden Christians. We have to be out front as Christians. When we hear people going through difficult times, we have an answer for them. We have an anchor to hold on to for them. We have a place for them to go. We have a person who can love them, and that's Christ and Christ's family right here. If you know people who are feeling lonely and, and are hurt in this life, bring them here. We'll love them. We'll hug them. Amen. We don't want anybody to feel like an outsider when they come here. Hugs are given away for free. We don't charge extra. So it's God's plan that you speak up for Christ. 
There's an interesting story. It's a made-up story that Jesus returning to heaven after his was, was returning to heaven after his sojourn here on earth. The angels gathered around the Lord to find out about all the things that happened on earth. Jesus explained to the angels how he lived among people, shared his teachings, expressed his love, died on the cross to atone for humanity's sins, and was resurrected to declare that the new kingdom is at hand. When he finished telling his story, Michael the archangel asked the Lord, what happens now? And Jesus answered, I left behind a handful of faithful men and women. They will tell the story. They will express the love. They will spread the kingdom. But what if they fail? Asked Michael. What will then be the plan? And Jesus answered Michael by saying, there is no other plan. Ours is the responsibility to be the instruments of spreading God's truth. That's the task of the church, and that's why you were given the freedom of speech. Tell somebody. Share with somebody. Be the object of looking at as looking the truth and talking the truth. Be the Christian who people can see long before they hear your testimony. And may God bless you and we in this corner as we try to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to our community and anywhere else where men and women will listen. We're so grateful for this ministry that, that actually has, that it's actually running this sermon right here, right now, live for people around the world to hear. We're doing as best we can to reach our neighbors, our friends, our families, and the people around the world. Help us in that effort by doing your part where you are. The wonderful hymn that says, brighten the corner where you are. You don't have to go someplace else. Brighten the corner where you are. Let people hear the story of Jesus from your lips. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the freedoms we have here in this country, but they pale by comparison to the eternal freedom we have in Jesus. We thank you, Father, for one day when we say good night down here, we'll say good morning in heaven. When we have our last breath of this air, we will open our mouth and breathe the fresh air of heaven. We thank you, Father, for the promises you've made to us and the warnings you've given us and the challenges that lie before us in the 21st century to share the name, the love, and the person of Jesus Christ. Inspire us, Lord. Energize us. Give each and every person here this morning and every person listening to the sound of my voice this morning, give them that sense of urgency to speak to those within their sphere of influence of the wonderful, wonderful truth of the person of Jesus Christ and the wonder of living in his love. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.